that's my juvenile delinquent welder. Okay, Jason, put some respect yeah. behind his name. <laughs> everyone and welcome back to hate spinner bait podcast where we hate spinner bait but we love last chance cafe we really do i wish it existed in real life i would go there for the best o-rings in town 100 percent. same same um my name is michael ann and with me as always is bethany bethany how's it going it's going good i was just thinking so much of this summer it's funny that we're reading a book that's well, it's not funny because we have a podcast about Sarah Destin, so we read a lot of books set in summer. But it's funny that his <laughs> summer is technically winding down. We're starting up a book that's like about summer set at the beach. And I was just thinking my whole summer was like concert trips and this, that, and the other thing. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's over. I don't have any concerts to look forward to until the concert of the century, Taylor Swift in Sweden. So, like, I know it's yes. a big one to look forward to. But it's so yes. far. So I was like, I have no reports of concerts. I have no travels to tell anyone about this week. I was I was home, which honestly is nice to not have to travel for a little bit. And football season's about to start, so I will be traveling a bunch for that. But yeah, chill. I'm just chilling, guys. It's it's kind of nice, honestly. What about you? How was your week? Were you chilling this week? I that's all I do. <laughs> so I, do. I love it. <laughs> my, my bank account won't allow me to do anything else right now. No. Uh, the struggle is real, though. I, I feel that my struggle. my bank account is like you're gonna keep sitting on your couch and reading books, okay? And you're not gonna buy any new ones. You're gonna read the ones you have, okay? Reread, reread some of the ones you already have, and you're like, okay, I guess, I guess I can do that. Yeah. You know, I was looking I'm... at remember like back in the day, Kindle, which I don't have like a ton of Kindle books, but I do have some. Um, used to let you like lend them to people and I was thinking because mm. a friend came to visit and she was taking the train back and I was like oh maybe I can like lend you some books on Kindle and now I feel like none of them let you lend anymore and like capitalism you know like yeah. even the worst <laughs> yeah <laughs> I didn't even know you could do that I mean oh yeah it was a thing for a while my friend Katie used to like lend me books on Kindle like if she bought them she'd be like and it would like expire like you only it was kind of like renting renting it it's not a movie. It was like borrowing it from a library. But like, because again, if you bought a paperback yeah. or a hardcover book, you could lend it to a friend. So when ebooks became a thing, people were like, oh, I can't lend it anymore. And so they let that be a thing. And now it's like, I don't know. None of them let you lend them anymore. And I think that's lame. Bring back lending. Yeah, I'm like everyone. looking at it right now. And I'm like, this is so shitty. Yeah. I hate that. Um, hate that. Yeah. Because, you know, sometimes a girl's trying to scrimp a little. She's trying to save a little money, but she wants to read a, a new book. She wants to, to go somewhere right. in a fantasy world. And wouldn't it be nice if she could just lend a friend a book? No. No, apparently. No. And I think that's honestly really lame. Oh, also, at the coffee shop the other day, there were these older ladies who were meeting up for a book club. And I was like, oh my we God. all read in. Can I join you? I wanted to be their friends. 
I should have. I should have asked. I should have joined. You should have. You should have. <laughs> There's a my local indie does um, book clubs, and I keep being like, I'm gonna do one of these. I'm gonna sign up for one of these. But then they read like Brandon Sanderson, and I'm like, Neh. Mm, yeah. Then it's no a man. A man. No, <laughs> Who has the you. time to <laughs> deal with that bullshit? <laughs> Not I already I. deal with them on a day to day, and I don't need their thoughts and opinions on women. <laughs> I just don't. <laughs> I still have time for that. So sorry. Not today. Mm-mm. Not today. I don't know why I'm pulling the book out already. Like we don't have yeah. time travel. We don't to have do. to time travel. We're only we're traveling back a few years, obviously, but we're only traveling forward a year in time in between books, which is the shortest gap so far in any of Sarah's novels. Lock and Key came out in 08. This lovely novel we're about to dive into, Along for the Ride, came out in 09. This one, again, just like Lock and Key, I think when we started that, I said that one meant a lot to me because it was like the first one I read probably when I was like, I was a high school student and it was based on high school students because the rest of my kind of read more in like middle school or in between middle school and high school. And then this one came out and it really blew my mind because it came out in 2009 I believe about the summer of 09 is when it came out and I took it with me to read in North Carolina because that was one of the years that we were on to go to the the beach in North Carolina to the Wilmington area and it was about a girl who had just graduated high school and it was her last summer before she went to college and that was my life in the summer of 2009 and there I was reading in a beach town in North Carolina so this one was a special place in my heart for that like it could not have come out at a better time for me so Thanks, Sarah. You'd really love that. (laughs) We are officially entering the era of books that I have never read. So I've never read Along for the Ride. New book Um, era. It's the new book era. So I am going to have no clue what's going on. Well, I I, I saw the movie. So yeah, you kind of know what's going on. (laughs) But like already we're getting way more context in the book than you do in the movie. Yes. Um, it'd be like that sometimes for sure it'd be like that sometimes there is something that i have wanted to talk about about the movie since i watched it for the first time last year and came up with this idea for the podcast and like it's taking everything in me not to bring it up like are you gonna wait until we discuss the movie are you gonna discuss it you think when we're discussing the book i'm gonna talk about it right now because i can't hold back anymore (laughs) okay oh yeah i'm excited do tell pull the band-aid off in the movie, her dad, yeah. whoever that actor is, I don't remember his name. He's yes. very famous. Yes. I don't know what they did to him, mm. but he is so, like, his coloring yeah. versus everything. Like, specifically, I'm thinking about the end of the movie when he is, like, on the bus stop and he's like, I'm leaving. She doesn't want me there. Right, and right. he's literally it looks like they just took the saturation of his skin and face and hair like down yeah. and, like everything else is like normal colored but then you look at him and it, it's like death incarnate like right in front of your face like, he's <laughs> just like and i'm like what did you guys did you have to like edit him in or like did you put a bunch of like white powder on him like why does he look like this maybe Maybe, yeah. It could have been like a little hair and makeup type of thing. Oh, Dermot Mulroney. That's who it is. Yes. He is a famous guy. Yes. I was like, I, I, his name was on the tip of my tongue. And a very like attractive man, you know? So the fact that they made him look like Death Incarnate is interesting. Yeah. It's like truly wild looking. Like he looks crazy. I'm going to try to bring <laughs> I know. Right I don't because... like. 
No, I'm, I know exactly the scene you're talking about and I'm trying to picture it in my head and I'm like, did I notice that? I don't know if I noticed that. So now when I rewatch the movie, I'm going to be very much looking at the dad and being like, oh, why do you look like that? I'm intrigued. It's, it's all I could think about when I saw it. I was like, <laughs> what the fuck? And it's specifically that scene, honestly, because it looks like he looks, no, no, no. He also looks like this when they're eating together. Like, what? Here's my potential take on it. And I, I might be totally wrong. I don't know the answer. And I don't know if we'll ever know the answer. We're going to try to research it. If not, maybe we'll ask our BFF, Sarah. But here's my thing. So rereading the book, I remember that Heidi was supposed to be quite a lot younger. In the book, they're saying she's 26. Kate Bosworth is obviously not 26. She's not an old woman by any means, but she's not 26. And that's who they got to play Heidi in the movie, which honestly I think is perfect casting because she gave like such Heidi energy that I was like, yeah, great casting. But I do wonder if the fact that her and Dominic Maroney were a little bit closer in age and they wanted to make it look like they are different in age that they like tried to make Dominic Maroney like look a little like shit, you know, like I wonder if they're like, let's put a little gray makeup on him. Let's make him look a little. So I'm curious if like that's why to make him look older than Kate Bosworth, who of course Kate Bosworth is not 26 by any means when she filmed this movie. Okay. So further ado, I reckon, so we can dive into these lovely first three chapters that we read, we should time travel to 2009. Yes. What a time, y'all. What a time. Oh, I have a fun yes. Winter Hill story when we time travel, but we'll get there. Let's time travel first. Okay. We're here. It's 2009. Fashion is still not great, if I'm being honest. Um, I still don't know how to fill in my eyebrows, so things aren't great for me. But I'm about to start college, and I'm in North Carolina, which is one of my favorite places in the world. And yeah, what's going on? What is happening in 2009? In August of 2009, I threw a party that went mm. poorly, and I got hit in the face with a glass beer bottle. <gasps> this is the year thrown at me from across the room. Happy 2009. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew that was in 2000? Wow, what an icon! It's that year. We've made it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. We've made it. We've made that it. Is something. That is so something. that be let that be a lesson on all of you. Yeah. Um, don't throw parties. I guess I don't know. <laughs> like the party was fun until these people showed up. Like if these people never showed up, it wouldn't have been a problem. But they showed up, so it was a problem. That's probably um, how they felt in Degrassi. They're like the party was fun until those Lakers kids came up and stabbed JT. You know, and it was all down over there. Yeah, it's exactly. <laughs> oh my god yo when jt gets stabbed like that is anyway no no degrassi side tangents we, yeah, here we could go on a whole thing about it we'll stay on track everyone we'll stay on track we'll we don't want it to track. be the first 40 minutes of this episode that you have to wait till we get to the novel <laughs> i know i love that <laughs> Everyone's like, in our Discord, someone was like, so I'm 40 minutes into the podcast, which is to say that you haven't started talking about the book yet. (laughs) It's like, yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. I'm called out and I'm not even mad about it. You are correct. That is, that is what happened. And sorry, not sorry. (laughs) Sorry, not sorry. Okay. So it's 2009. We're teenagers. We don't even know what life has for us. I'm like feeling optimistic because like. You know, that mm-hmm. there January, I'd watched Obama be inaugurated or whatever yes. into office. And I was like, guys, progress. We're making change. Yes, we can. And then, no, we couldn't. 
No, we could not. No, we could not. Actually, we couldn't even a little bit. So in 2009, as you said, Barack Obama was inaugurated into office, our first black president. My boy. Um, it's, it's only been downhill from there, to be completely honest, it's as true. we all know. Um, <laughs> it's bad. Yeah. Things um, happened afterwards that were not great. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. that during his tenure. I'm just saying like after his tenure that we're not yeah yeah yeah. once he was like done it really like just took a nosedive and now our president is like a barely functioning 80 year old man yeah he's a week weekend at bernie remember when here we are 2009 when we like joe biden this cool he's like cool hip old man silly old joe little did we know that we'd have to like deal with him again you know when I saw he was running for president, I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> because I knew that obviously corporate Democrats would back him because he's yeah. fucking Joe Biden. And I'm like, this sucks. We have Elizabeth Warren. We have Bernie oh Sanders. And you're Which coming at me. Bernie with... is also old. Everyone don't come for us. We know he's yes, old. But yes, he's yes. like, he's a cool old guy. So it's different. <laughs> he like at least has his wits about him. And he does have his wits about him. I don't think. Joe Biden. And again, I'm in a, I'm fully making full transparency. Did I vote for the man? Absolutely. Because Absolutely. he certainly was better yes. than the alternative. But and well, I'm going to have to back him again because you got to back the incumbent. Whatever. It's not like we're going to get a new option, unfortunately. So I'm going to vote for the man again. But I'm just saying I don't think he has his wits about him. Mm-mm. No. I saw this TikTok that was like basically said that all of our like congress is just a bunch of like old people zooted out on dementia meds nobody knows what's going on and it's like yeah that's literally what's happening like let's get some let's get some young people up and up in there uh, 2009 but here we are we're still so full of hope here as teenagers in yes yes in, in 2009 we're we're chock full of hope actually and Taylor Swift was also chock full of hope at the 2009 VMA Awards when she won Best Female Video and who walked up on stage and grabbed the mic from her? Kanye West. And that moment has defined Taylor Swift's, no, it hasn't defined Taylor Swift's career, but like she has, it was an iconic moment. That was like major. Like if the, the, narrative as she once said the narrative that formed after that that like who knew that happening would turn in to that would span everything that has happened since yeah like to have been there i watched it live everyone i'm sure most of you listening also watched it live it was wild also like remember it's wild to me that in 2009 we all like cared about the mtv vma still as well (laughs) i know (laughs) it's now i'm like is that they still on i don't even know uh but yeah it was a really wild time which is such a crazy thing when and again speaking of barack obama when barack obama even like our president got involved guys like that's how big of a thing it was like he was like he's an asshole like he called Kanye West an asshole and he was right to say it (laughs) yeah yeah and now look now look where we are today in 2023 let's what's kanye doing Mm -hmm. imploding yeah (laughs) fucking imploding (laughs) hot Hot, hot mess of a man. Hot, hot mess. Honestly, uh, I haven't heard about him in a while. Yeah. He was, like, really making the news there for a while. What was that? A few months back? Like, almost a year ago, I guess now? And now he's, like, disappeared, yeah. which is probably for the best because he was 
not in the news for good reasons. He was saying very bad things. And again, this is why mental health is important because Kanye West, I honestly think is a very like smart, creatively person. Like I, you can't deny that some of his music is genius and I think really could have had a great potential and a great future, but his unfortunately dealt with a lot of mental health issues. His mom passed away. And I think that really just, he went on a spiral and took a turn and he never returned. And now he's like saying anti-Semitic shit and is uh, not cool. So yeah. yeah, if we could really put more time and effort into mental health, maybe we wouldn't have people turn out like Kanye West. But alas, we don't put our efforts and money there. So yeah, anyways. <laughs> anyways. <laughs> um, mental illness doesn't make you an anti-Semite though. That's true. Yeah, that that's so, just him being an asshole. That's just yeah. his asshole. I think like, I do think he's clearly having some sort of episode like, though. Like, or and he was, yeah. I mean, now he's, I, didn't he get like remarried or something? I don't know, but he's, his PR team was like, you need to lay low. <laughs> Yeah, um, like buddy, just, please get up. We're so tired. We are so tired. We can't yeah. cover up no. another crazy ass thing that you've done. So if you could just please stop, yeah, that would be great. Oh, um, yeah. So that happened. That was crazy. Taylor Swift was just a little youngin, and um, I was looking at pictures of it and like her face. She's just like so sad. I can't it's imagine. Like, real bummer. Like, that is what a mortifying and what and again like. Again, to stress, like, the NTVMAs were a very big deal for a very long mm-hmm. time. They're, they have fallen out of fashion. But just everyone, like, again, here we are in this time, just put yourself in the place of, like, winning your first MTVMA was a very big thing. This is before Taylor Swift was winning Grammys and selling out stadiums and whatever. Like, she's 19 years old, and, like, this is a big moment for her. And, again, I think the moral of this should always be the fact that at the end when Beyonce won her award, again, sisterhood, women sticking together, and why men are the worst, um, Beyonce was – she said that. She's like, you know, I remember winning my very first MTV award – or movie award, Jesus, VMA, and it was a really big deal. Um, Taylor come back out here, and she let her have her moment. And, like, that is camaraderie. That is sisters sticking together. That was a beautiful moment. Yes. And again, everyone always remembers the really terrible part because it was iconic. Like it was this crazy thing that happened. But um, I think also important to note the great, beautiful moment of sisterhood that happened because of it as well. And female artists, you know, not fighting or being catty, which they very well could have been put. It could have turned the narrative could have turned into because, of course, Kanye went up there to like defend Beyonce's honor, which like she didn't effing ask you to do that, Kanye. She's a grown ass woman and she can defend her own music and, and honor and whatever. And it could have turned into like Beyonce versus Taylor Swift and like who's going to win more awards and who's going to sell more albums. And Beyonce shut that down real quick and was like, I, I'm proud of you, Taylor. And this is a big moment. And like, let's be sisters. And we, you know, there's room for all of us at the table. And hell's to the yeah. Suck it, Kanye. <laughs> Yes. Queens recognize Queens, you know? And now look at them both on tour right now, like huge, massive, incredible tours, just like Mm -hmm. generating a shit ton of money and just giving people like safe spaces to enjoy their lives. So love that for them. Love that for them. Love that they're keeping our economy afloat, just just single-handedly, these big powerhouses in their own right. In my notes, number two is, Obama was inaugurated. How far we've fallen. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so true. But it's not how history works. You always take two steps or one step forward and take like two steps back. But I feel like in America's, it's been like five steps back. (laughs) 
Yeah. We took like yeah. one beautiful step forward and then we're like, yeah, it's full. I mean, I guess you can say we take a, uh, we took another little step forward this last election by, you know, Kamala Harris being our first female vice president and the fact that she is a woman of color. And that's great. I know a vice president's role is not a lot, but it's still a really big deal that it happened. Um, but in every other way, we've taken so many steps back. So many steps back. And like Kamala Harris is like so underwhelming in her politics, yeah. but yeah, it's fine because it's fine and everything's going to be fine. So... <laughs> It's all fine. We're fine, guys. We're it's we're, fine. We're we're doing so well. So someday we're gonna get sponsored by like Dr Pepper or like Penguin or Harper Collins, and we're gonna be like, wow, guys, absolutely thriving. We love us. life. We're never short on chicken nuggets in this house, <laughs> or vegan nuggets in your in Ve- your yeah, or vegan nuggets in my in my particular case i'm like i got vegan nuggets coming out of every single corner of this house they're <laughs> everywhere they're overflowing they're overtaking it they yes i there are some really good vegan nuggets called jack and annie's and they're made out of jackfruit and they're frozen oh my god they're amazing they're the best vegan nuggets i've ever had for sure i don't i've never had, i feel like i need to, to you like you they're you can find them at the grocery store yeah i need to get the i've never tried this brand so the next thing um that i want to talk about is avatar becoming the highest grossing film of all time yeah yeah i've never seen avatar I want you to know from the bottom of my heart, you are not missing a damn thing. I have seen both Avatar and its sequel. I love the world of Avatar at Animal Kingdom. Like, truly, I love it so much. I don't care. I don't give two shits about the movies. I really don't. And I was so mad. Like, I knew it was just this weird juggernaut. And it, like, wouldn't die. And I don't know. And, like, no one has any love or affinity for it afterward. I've seen posts before about how if you look up Avatar on like any kind of fan fiction website, it has like barely any fan fiction about it. And like, that is how, you know, you have failed. Like if people don't want to write fanfic about your stuff, like people write fanfic about anything. Uh, but if people want to write fanfic about your stuff, like you have not made a cultural impact. And yet it's like it, the freaking number one movie for the longest time. It was wild. And I just remember being really mad because it beat out Titanic, which I think was a much more deserving movie to be the number one movie in of all time. Uh, not adjusted for inflation um, there for a while. But thankfully, Avatar is no longer the number one movie in the world, but it was there for a good few years and had zero culture impact, though, somehow. I don't, it was the weirdest thing. The weirdest thing. In 2009, when that movie came out, it was winter. And I have talked about my dead ex boyfriend on this podcast before. I'm going to talk about him again. Um, <laughs> So all of our friends went to the movies to see Avatar and I picked him up outside the movie theater. And instead of seeing Avatar, we just drove around and hung out and had a good, cute little night together. And that is my Avatar memory. It has nothing to do with Avatar literally at all. And I think honestly, especially now, I think you made the right choice. Like I think the fact that you got a few hours with him is a way better choice than having wasted three hours of your life watching blue people. And it's just so, it's so 
it's not good. <laughs> it's not good. It's not good. And like they're making like five more of them. It's like yes. who gives a shit about Avatar? Nobody. If, sound off in the comments, y'all. Do you give a shit about Avatar? Let Please me know. Listen. Also, our background they're recording on right now, I'm realizing does kind of look Avatar-ish, which is funny because it's like blue. <laughs> We're a little blue people. <laughs> um, you all can't see it, but we can. But yeah, that was just kind of funny. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna say it. And if people come at me about this, like they come at me for hating Thanksgiving, um, I don't like Avatar and I'm not sorry, okay? And if you like it, that's fine. I'm happy. Because again, if you like it, it's not hurting anyone, and that's awesome. And not every movie has to be my cup of tea. But um, yeah, I don't know. They just don't do anything for me. Great theme park, though. It just doesn't make any sense. Excellent I love theme park. The theme and park that, that I don't love movies. The ride in that yes. theme park where you're like riding the like yes. creatures, whatever they are. That ride is amazing. The best. They did a really good job with that ride. It's so, so. I, it, it doesn't make any sense how good the land is considering how little I care about the movies. But I don't know. It'd be like that sometimes, I guess. <laughs> It'd be like that sometimes. Um. So another movie that came out in 2009 that was iconic was Hannah Montana, the movie. Yes. <laughs> it's the best. Mm-hmm. That is iconic. That is. I... That movie was so good. I watched it like a million times. And I can see my eighth grade yearbook mm. from where I'm sitting. And one of the signatures, the only one I can see, says, I have nothing to say to you. Why did they even write that? I have nothing to say to you, Ryan. Because he's just like an eighth grade boy, boy you yeah. know. He thought that was but, like funny. I'm certain. And you're like, wow, what a great waste of space in my yearbook, my dude. <laughs> I'm like, thanks, Ryan. Um, <sighs> but yeah, and and uh, Taylor Swift. Oh my gosh, my brain. Miley Cyrus just came out with a really good song called "Used to Be yes. Young." Have you heard it? Oh, yes. It speaks to me. I love it, it and no, it's so good. It is so good. Everyone, if you have, I'm sure all of you have listened to it, but if you haven't listened to it, go listen to it. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like our vibe, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. And it's just like, it's so easy when you're older because she's like our age, right? I no. think so. Yeah, that sounds She's so a little bit younger than us, right? but like she's in the same like area of, of age. And she had these like crazy wild like almost embarrassing like few years in the media like she yes. was really going going through something and for her to be able to be like you thought I was crazy you thought I was wild but to be honest like I was just young is like so yeah. powerful I feel like especially because women are taught to be like ashamed of literally every single thing they do every single thing they do except for like no everything because even the way you mother can be shamed the way that you just like exist in the world shame 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 so the fact that she can like own that and be like it's not shameful that I was like that I was young and Mm -hmm. that's what my life was at at that point and I'm just like yeah and most of us fortunately we're able to live our youth without a bunch of attention. Cause again, everyone exactly. is young, every single person has done something cringy. It's just, she very unfortunately had to do it in the public eye, which again is why like, I wish people would realize 
that when people become famous at a young age, like get them some effing slack. Like you did cringy stuff in your youth. Just nobody saw it. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. She's and... 30, by the way. I just looked it up. Actually, she'll be turning 31 this year. Oh. So yeah, she's like basically our age. Oh. What? Why did I think she was younger than me? I don't know. But yeah, I looked. I she know. is a 92 baby. Her oh, birthday so is she's... November. So she'll be turning 31 in like two months. Yeah. So she's literally a month older than Andrew. Yeah. Interesting. Well, now we know. And yeah, now that you, you know, once you enter your 30s too, that's such a huge, a, like, shift in like, life perspective and like just everything is huge so that was my super in in uh inward thinking i don't know what i'm saying i'm hungry those are my clan's deep thoughts on being yes 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 yes. (laughs) um so (laughs) number five on my list i wrote glee premieres complicated (laughs) complicated i do have very complicated thoughts about that very complicated very on one hand, wow, nostalgia, love it. It it was very groundbreaking in so many ways. Yes. And then on the other hand, oh god, <laughs> oh god, yeah, oh god, <laughs> yeah. And oof, I think we yes, have we talked about Glee on the podcast? We definitely have. We definitely have, yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, but yeah, that show is problematic. Yes. To say the least, not to mention, (laughs) I mean, just, oh my God, I don't even know. Also, I think one of my favorite internet conspiracy theories is that Leah Michelle can't read. Ooh, I love that. I'm down for that. Yes. (laughs) It's really funny. And she's actually started like playing into it a little bit the past Mm. like year or so, which is pretty funny, so. I'll give her that one. I'll give her that. But if you can't make fun of yourself. Again, I know from a from my understanding, she's a little bit of a problematic person. But hey, yeah. if she can at least take a little bit of critique, then that's, that's funny. Um, I just want to mention a couple more things. Um, I've tried to make this short in 45 minutes. Um, well, we do have a little bit that works. <laughs> yes. Yes. So the Black Eyed Peas were at their, at their like peak in 2009, oh which really is... Were amazing for them um good for you guys <laughs> good for you guys those are that's basically my thoughts i don't have a lot of thoughts yeah. on it except for yeah they really were everywhere <laughs> yeah and it was it was it's a sign of the times because where are they now like fergie's yeah. not even around anymore really right they really have all fallen off relevancy just crazy yeah but you know they're just swimming in like millions and millions of dollars they don't have to be relevant yeah good for them jersey shore premiered in 2009 which was iconic i was obsessed with jersey shore i used to have watch parties in my dorm room in college uh, i fantastic. it's so good i i never really got super into it I, growing up on planet earth you couldn't escape it like i again yeah. i was that age where like they you know i was in college so everyone was like very into it and stuff but um, I, I know the basics. I know the snookies. I know the gym tan laundry. I know some of the drama, but I was never a religious viewer, probably because it was about this I mean. time in my life that I started binge watching 
Friday Night Lights. And so my whole life was just hyper fixating on that. And so I didn't have time to deal with the Jersey Mm. Shore drama. (laughs) I, you know, the thing is about me is I love reality television. (laughs) That is true. I just love it. It's trash, but it's like so entertaining. Like I can't be good stuff. Yes. Yeah. And this show was such a train wreck. Such a train wreck. It was crazy. Yeah. And then Mike, the situation, like, got, like, arrested for, like, tax evasion. Everything is so crazy, okay? <laughs> um, I, I regularly walk around my, like, I regularly say, you can stay and get your ass beat, or you can stay and get your fucking ass beat. Like, <laughs> I got it. <sighs> it's so oh, iconic. J-Wow. <laughs> Where um, would we be without J-Wow, everyone? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> My second favorite show of all time, Parks and Rec, also premiered. Hey, yes. My it had not found its footing that first season, but it, boy, did it get there. It did find its footing, and then it was amazing. It was so good. Oh, my God. I can't even. I, I love it. I'm not going to go down the road of Parks and Rec, but just know that I fucking love Parks and Rec. And then finally, I want to talk about a couple of movies that came out in 2009. Yes. Okay, hit me. Um, I just closed out of the thing. Um, Bride Wars, which was iconic. Oh, yes. Yes. Remember that one well? Whip It, which I also love. Oh, that's a great movie. That's a great movie. And I just listened to the chapters of Elliot Page's memoir where he discusses Whip It. And so mm-hmm. I was like, it like brought me back. And then 17 again. Oh, 17 again. Yes. Zach yeah, 2009 Efron. at the movies holds a very special place in my heart because that was when I started working at the movie theater. So, like, a lot of those movies from, like, 2009 to 2012-ish, I know. Like, I can remember. The, like, a lot of times when someone's like, when did a movie come out? I'm like, I don't know. But, like, that time period, I'm like, 2010. Because, like, I was there. I was working. So it's, like, very easy for me to place. Um, so, yeah. So they have, like, a very special place in my heart. Any movies that came out during that time of the 2000s. Um, I also have an entire note that's airport thoughts. And it's just the most unhinged things I was thinking about when I was in a and when I was in airports this summer. Um, you have to share. <laughs> One of them is actually a really good point. Why don't airport and airplane seats have cup holders? That is a really fair point. Yeah, I don't know. Why aren't there any cup holders? There should be cup holders. Someone you have to like shove that. your drink into like the back seat back or like hold yes. it. Like it's just. That's archaic. Why am I having to hold a cup? Every other thing in the world's. Has cup holders. Why does an airplane not? I, literally. And also there was a girl on the phone with her friend near me. And her and she goes, you literally showed me his house on a map the other day. And I don't know why, but that's just hilarious. <laughs> anyway, that was, that's my side conversation about the airport. I was in the airport a fucking lot this year. These are these are the thoughts that she's had. You know what? Some good ones. Some good ones. Mm. Well, that is 2009, everyone. That's, That's pop culture in 2009. Guys. That's got us in the right headspace to. Oh, okay. Here's my random last 2009 story. 
of about One Tree Hill because, like I said, this summer that I went to that along the ride came out that I read it. Um, also happened to be I want to say don't quote me on this if you want, but season four I think was the last season that they were in high school and then they did that like time jump for season five just they passed the college years because they, they very smartly were like college years is the same like every show tries to put the kids in college and like it's the same that's just like put them and also the actors all were young 20 something so it just made sense to so, like let's fast forward them to that part of their life but anyhow so they did the whole college, uh, you know, they did the whole, like, last season of high school. The finale was, like, them graduating and, like, everyone was having babies and whatnot. And then they fast-forwarded to whatever. So we happened to be – the year that we went, we went up, like, fairly earlier in the summer. And so One Tree Hill still was on. Like, it had – we watched the season finale there in North Carolina, which was really cool. So we always would go into Wilmington and do like a set tour and like walk around the sites and stuff. Like there was Karen's Cafe and yada, yada, yada. And so, of course, we're like, well, we got to go to the basketball, you know, court, which again, RIP to basketball court that no longer exists. But at the time it did. And to, again, just preface this by saying that we had not watched the season finale yet. Okay. Like that was coming on like tomorrow. And we show up and the entire basketball court is got all of this writing on it that says we were here and it's got like the heart with the three or whatever. And we're like, what is this? Oh because my God. we have not watched the season finale. And so we're like, this is really cool. Is this part of the show? Like what, you know, cause then there's an episode left or like, did they just do this? Like after they wrap for the season, like we've never seen this on the court before. So we're like, let's take some pictures. Like this is really cool. And then the next night it's in the effing finale and we're like, ah, like we went like so we saw a spoiler without like realizing it so that's like one of my favorite summers that we ever went to North Carolina because it was just like you know I was 18 it was at our college I was reading along with the ride One Tree Hill like they were graduating high school too and there was that and it was just like the coolest thing so just had to share that that's so cool. um hopefully I can dig up some pictures I know we have pictures up but hopefully I can dig some up so we can post uh post on Instagram so all of you can see my the time that we saw this like cool little spoiler before it aired and yeah so that was one of the coolest things that has happened to me in Wilmington North Carolina and now I think I'm ready to read (laughs) yes I um I want to go to Wilmington even though it's like not it doesn't look like it anymore and the basketball court's gone I still want to see it yeah there's still some definitely some stuff you can see from both like any of the Dawson's Creek is still there. there. And and yeah, that's a Winter Hill. There's definitely still some stuff. And a lot of the shops, because they've had some conventions in the last few years, because it yes. gained popularity with a whole new audience when it went on Netflix. And so they have like yes. conventions and stuff there. So a lot of the shops still sell a lot of cool like Tree Hill merch and Ravens merch and, and different stuff like that. So there's still definitely a presence, even though it's not, they're not currently filming anymore. There's not as much stuff up anymore, but it's still it's still cool to check out. The guy who plays Nate mm. and Stephen Cavalieri from Lo- Lo- uh, Laguna Beach, they have a TV show on Hulu that's called, like, I don't know what it's called, but it's not going to be hard to find what else are those guys doing right now. Right, exactly. And it's really good. So check it out. Yes. See, I always will say his name the way that they used to make fun of the way Kristen said it, which was like Steven. Steven. <laughs> always will how I will pronounce his name. Love it. Mm-hmm. Taking me back. Whew. So, I'm right. for the ride. Line. Here we go. We're doing it. That was probably so, another episode we had to listen to us for like 40 minutes before we got. But you know, the first one is always like this, okay? Because we time travel and we have things to say. <laughs> yeah. 
the dedication page I thought was beautiful. I put it on our Instagram oh yesterday. Yes, it is. It says, for my mother, Cynthia Dessen, for helping me learn almost everything I know about being a girl. And my daughter, Sasha Clementine, who is teaching me the rest. Oh, I love it. It was That's beautiful. So and this is obviously when Sasha was just born. Mm-hmm. Um, she's still a little baby. My niece, Samantha, was also born in 2009. Shout out. Hey, shout out Samantha. And it's funny actually because in Along for the Ride, she decorates her baby's room like pink and brown. My Samantha's nursery was pink and brown. Aww. So cute. I was like, oh my God, that's so cute. And now she's in high school. Um, Wild. And so is Sarah Dessen's daughter. So yeah, obviously. Yeah. They're born the same year. Obviously, that's how it works. <laughs> I know. That's crazy. That's I'm. Really crazy is alarming at, at sometimes very wild it really it is, is wild i read this in high school and now the person who was a little baby is in high school so that's crazy to me it's crazy yeah chapter one the emails always began the same way is the first sentence um we get an email from auden's stepmother Heidi who is very excited um she we kind of start to see in these first chapters that she's like a foil to Auden's mother yeah Auden's mother is like an academic she's very serious she's very like pretentious she's very honestly she's got a lot of ingrained misogyny oh, if I'm being yes. honest <laughs> um Oh, and yeah. Heidi is like just like kind of fun. She's young. She likes clothes and shopping, and there's nothing wrong with that. That doesn't mean she's stupid. It just means that's her interests. Like, yeah. and you know. Um, and I want to say it is alarming that like Dessen puts these dads, their second wives are always like so young. Like, yes. not it's not like my dad's 50 and he's married a 37 year old. It's like, no, my dad's 50 and this is his 26 year old yeah. wife. Like, it's like, holy shit. These, these guys, these dads, they're always very questionable. <laughs> Morally, yes. very questionable people. <laughs> Morally gray is what we'll say about that. <laughs> oh. Yeah, we see that. Yes, where my mother was an academic scholar with a smart, sharp, w- sharp wit. Oh my God. Hello, Boston accent. Sharp <laughs> wit and nationwide reputation as an expert on women's roles in Renaissance literature. Heidi was, well, Heidi, the kind of woman whose strengths were her constant self-maintenance, knowing everything you ever wanted to know about hemlines and shoes and sending entirely too chatty emails to people who couldn't care less. So Auden has a little bit of her mom in her here because yeah. Heidi's oh, just yeah. being nice. Mm-hmm. Also, I use a lot of exclamation points, so I feel called out. <laughs> and you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to keep using them. <laughs> yeah. Literally. Like, okay. I can't. I'm not going to go on a rant. Moving on. Um, we kind of find out that her, yeah, her mom, Dr. Victoria West, is like majorly successful in the academic world. She's very respected. She has male graduate students so when i first read this i was like oh that's nice she's having like a bunch of women grad students over no it's men which is strange of course not yeah she says here 
She was an expert on women in literature, but didn't much like them in practice. And I was like, oh, she's one of those. <laughs> yeah, she's one of those. And yeah. it looks like both Auden's parents like the attention from younger people. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're both morally gray here. Mom apparently seems to like the male grad students coming over and and feeling like she's very, you know, high and mighty smart. It's very Bull Durham, like the whole Mm -hmm. Susan Sarandon's character being like, I turn these little boys into men when they come play the baseball. Um, That is the vibe that I get from this mom, (laughs) that she's like, I'm a smart intelligent worldly woman and i can you know come over to my gatherings and i'll teach you how to be a man <laughs> it's like oh, mm-hmm. oh this is also wrong and then yeah dad's married to a 26 year old so there's a lot going on here these parents are both kind of terrible <laughs> yeah and yeah it's like they need these like younger people to like boost them up and make them feel like even smarter like mm-hmm. it's like always that thing it's like when you're 17 and there's like a 30-year-old dude hitting on you. You're like, why isn't he hitting on people his own age? Because they would be like not as impressed. I guess that's yeah. like the kind of the same. Yeah, also, exactly. they're pedophiles. But uh, yeah. I don't think these parents are pedophiles, but they right. do. But they yeah, do I think like... that they both have their own insecurities. That They, they yeah. both are intellectuals clearly she talks about the fact that like her dad worked at the U her mom worked at the U they're both like professors her dad seems to be more of like a the creative type but they're both very smart and both intellectuals and mm-hmm. I think they're looking for yeah someone to to prop them up they, they both I think have a lot of self-doubts on like her dad we kind of learn here has struggled writing that second novel and you know her mom started doing really well like she was publishing these like academic books and you know really yes. making a name for herself and uh you know academia and i think that started making dad feel bad and so then he needed to kind of prop yeah. himself up and then the fact that dad left for a younger woman probably made mom feel bad and then she needed yeah. to prop herself up by talking and i think that's a very common thing like smart people tend to be very insecure because you always feel like there's a smarter person in the room yeah and so yeah. they both have positioned themselves to be the smartest person in the room is kind of what it feels like to me yeah yeah, they don't want to, they're not interested in being around their equals. Yes. Yeah. They want to be like, no, no, no. And I also think so far in reading this book, this is, which is very interesting and probably it makes a lot of sense. I'm going to like psychoanalyze Sarah Dustin here for a minute, but it makes a lot of sense that as Sarah became a mother for the first time, she writes a book that, and again, I don't think her parents are anything like this, but seems the most autobiographical in the way, since we've now learned, um, because she's our bestie and we met her, that is the most autobiographical in the way the family is structured. Both of the parents are professors. They're very intellectual. And then it's the two kids, an older brother and a younger daughter. That was Sarah's. And it sounds like, while Auden is quite intellectual into academia and whatever, Hollis seems a little bit more like, oh, I'm off traveling, I'm finding myself, whatever. And as Sarah kind of said to us, you know, when we were asking about her family dynamic and if she was a younger sibling, that both her and her brother strayed away from what her parents did in academia. So I was like, oh, I think that's so interesting that as Sarah was kind of building a new family, she ended up writing a book that was very in certain ways similar to the family that she came from. So, yeah, you can Mm -hmm. definitely tell from Lock and Key and Along for the Ride when obviously Lock and Key she was expecting and now Along for the Ride she has a new mother, that family and, like, whatever was definitely on her mind. And that, I mean, obviously it makes perfect sense. Yeah. 
<clears throat> yeah. Um, we also, you know, we also find out in this first chapter here that, of course, you know, it's probably very hard to have a relationship with someone like her mother and she does not have a good one. Right. Um, she's talking about how one of the grad students is like kissing her ass, basically like <laughs> saying he wants to co-author a, a article with her and blah, blah, blah. And Auden says, idiot, I thought, nudging the door back shut, as if it was that easy to align yourself with my mom, form some quick and tight bond that would last. I would know. And it's like, yikes. Yikes. Yeah. Yikes. It seems like her her mom's first priority is academia. Yeah. And like her fifth priority is Auden. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, we learn next about how Auden's insomnia started, which is that essentially she realized that when her parents' marriage kind of started falling apart, that they would wait until they thought she was asleep to start arguing, like hardcore arguing with each other. So one night she's like, well, what if I just don't fall asleep? Like, what if I stay up? What if I make noise, take trips to the bathroom? Then they can't start arguing. And um, that works for a little bit. And then, of course, they just – I mean, their marriage is falling apart, so they just continue arguing even though they know she's awake. But then at that point, she's trained herself in a weird way just to be awake really late, and she can't quite curb this insomnia. And she talks about how she goes to Ray's Diner. It kind of becomes like her solace. It's one of the only places that's open, like 24 hours, 365 days a year, so she knows she can always go there. And um, she talks about how, uh, you know, there's this server that always takes care of her, Julie. Um, she's, she's kind of – developed a little bond with her and just you know kind of this is her little safe space when her parents sort of um fell apart and then she does say she's like you know i knew a lot of people's parents had split up because uh all millennials were raised by boomers and the boomers whoa did they raise those divorce rates i was talking about <laughs> the things we did but no you never you never met the we're lowering them okay so would y'all okay. take credit for uh making them so high so yeah, again, obviously in 2009, it's not uncommon. Like a lot of your friends would have parents of mm-hmm. divorce. Um, yeah. But so she talks about how kind of like how her other, you know, everyone sort of handles it differently. Um, she said that she did get the sit down. We have to tell you something moment. The news was delivered by her mother. And um, she said, your father and I are separating. And um, she basically was just like, I'm sure you'll agree this is for the best. And she didn't really, again, they just like don't seem like a touchy-feely family. So she didn't get to like, of course we still love you and this has nothing to do with you or your brother or whatever. It was just like, we're separating. Uh, like cold hard facts. We're separating. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure you can agree this is for the best. And it's like, right. well, mom, thanks for thanks for that moment. <laughs> You're 13, but I'm sure you can understand. Yeah, that I'm sure you best. can understand. You're literally, your brain is still developing, but I'm sure you 100% grasp this concept right and it's like oh yeah yeah, yeah obviously <laughs> um yeah and then we see that Auden has always been extremely um, mature for her age very well behaved always sitting at the table during with the grown-ups like quietly coloring her mom would always say Auden's very mature for her age no matter what age she was And she says because of this, she had a hard time um, relating to other kids and making friends. Um, She went to a couple different high schools, Jackson High, and then uh, Perkins Day. Well, what? I love one of the donors of that school. He's a great guy. Yes. (laughs) 
Big fan of one of the donors. Big, big fan. Um, and then we have, she ends up at Tiffany Brown, which I believe this is the first time we're hearing about Tiffany Brown. Yes. I don't recall it being mentioned before. Cece, let us know if we're on. <laughs> oh cc my number one you um you're a girl girl. this is not my favorite thing at least once an episode i just have to like shout her out and be like cc (laughs) you know (laughs) cc can you tell us i'll I'll, we'll find a way i'll find a way to work it into every episode just so everyone knows yes uh yeah so she's like she's always been working really hard her brother was kind of a wild child he's like roaming around Europe right now which must be nice um right but she says yeah she says the more my parents bemoaned Hollis's lack of initiative and terrible grades the harder I worked and while they were proud of me my accomplishments never seemed to get me what I really wanted yeah which is the cold hard facts here yep yeah she's like I was such a smart kid I should have figured out that the only way to really get my parents attention was to disappoint them or fail but by the time I finally realized that succeeding was already habit too ingrained to break so yeah it seems like Hollis gets a little bit more because Hollis is like the quote-unquote problem child of the family you know he gets a little bit more attention and it's like oh Adam's fine we don't have to worry about her she's fine she's smart she's at the table with the adults and and she's fine and again no matter how mature your kid is how much of an old soul they are they're still your child and should be treated like a child because they are (laughs) so okay mom whatever yeah they need care and nurturing yeah and that's uh that doesn't seem like something she gets a lot of from her parents okay here's the thing that uh, so here we go we uh, w- the first couple of chapters we're gonna have a ton of cameos by the way so i'm very excited i think this one's gonna be a cameo heavy one yes but yes. we get to one of our first people cameos of the novel which is our boy well, not our boys we kind of we don't like jason but all right the, jason he's he's still out here he's still out here being a smart kid but this is where i get a little confused because in some books it seems like there is a time jump like clearly in just listen like, it takes place after um, the lullaby because, like, they are touring and Remy is in college. And, like, these are all things that happen after what happened, you know, in this lullaby. But then in this book, which obviously comes out in 2009, I don't know when it's set. It's set in some, like, timeless t- time, yeah. you know, like Sarah's yeah. mentioned. Like, she tries to make her book as, as timeless as she possibly can. Um, but I'm like, how is Jason still in school? Because The Truth About Fabric came out in 2004. So am I just supposed to assume that this book – coexist on the same timeline as the truth about forever i guess but then like yeah, yeah. so th- this is the first time where that's kind of also happened, i feel like it also exists on the same timeline as the truth about forever no the, i'm sorry yeah. blocking key yes yeah yeah because of what we get uh, a reference to nate cross yeah and like he's obviously still in high school when she's in high school so i was like okay so i'm supposed to i guess assume that the truth about forever Lock and Key and this book, Along for the Ride, are all taking place congruently. Like, they're all in the same yeah. timeline. Because I was like, Jason, how is he still in school? Yeah. So, yeah. I know. It's been years. Thing. I was like, oh, I've never noticed that, I guess, before. <clears throat> like, And I did remember him being in this book, but it just never crossed my mind. But today, I was like, wait a minute. How come sometimes it seems like time has passed in between books? And then other times like this, we're still back 
in like 2004, essentially. Again, it's not 2004 just when that book came out, but you know. Um, I would like to see if we could put them all like chronologically yeah. by like like what is happening in the someone books. like well we never hear anything about the people from that summer. No. Yeah. But no, some we don't. No. And um, but someone like you, yes, we get Scarlet back. Yeah. And she's like an adult. Yeah. So like clearly time has passed since that one. Yeah. Yeah. And then interesting. It's it's very interesting. Yeah. I also wish that there was like a cool 24-hour diner that I could hang out at. Right? Near no. me. That's not Waffle House. Yeah, I agree. Um, so then her stepsister, Thisbe Caroline West, was born the day before her graduation. So her father, of course, couldn't come to her graduation. I feel like that's understandable. Yeah, personally. I'll give him that one. Like that is yeah. something that, yeah. Um, it still would probably hurt her feelings, though, because it's like, oh, oh yeah. cool, new family. Mm-hmm. Um, her mother, of course, makes fun of the name Thisbe. Which, like, which... fair, but if that's your first response upon hearing this news, a little weird. <laughs> yeah. But then Autumn makes the good point where she's like, my mom used to tell me that my name was a litmus test. And she's like, I mean, Thisbe is as well. Exactly. But she didn't say she doesn't say that because, you know, it's her mom. Her mom sounds like such a bitch in this part when she's like, So Heidi survived the childbirth, I assume. And again, like no. I understand you're not gonna be a fan of your ex husband's new wife, but like, could you at least like this woman is just like, yeah, the internalized misogyny in mm-hmm. her mom is just uh it's and it's always it I shouldn't say it's always, but I don't wanna group all women you know like i think we all ran into women's studies professors in college who were like you're like how are you a woman size like you are the most anti-woman person i have ever met in a weird way and like that is the vibe her mom gives off like her mom like Auden herself says like here she is an expert on women and you know literature but she doesn't like them in practice and it's like why is it always because they always are like well, I'm better than them. I'm smart. And these frivolous women who like manicures are terrible. And it's like, oh, Jesus, give it a break. But yeah, I was right. Like, Could you have said that a little nicer? Again, like, if nothing else, but for your daughter's sake, and like, yes, does your daughter have to love Heidi? No, but like, she's going to be in her life. It's her stepmom now. Like, could you just like try to play nice a little bit, you know? Also, she has misplaced anger here because it's not Heidi's fault right. that their marriage didn't work out. It's, you know, it's like a group, her and her ex-husband. Yeah, like, exactly. They just didn't work there. I so didn't have nothing to like, do with it. He didn't leave you for Heidi. He didn't cheat on you with Heidi. Heidi had nothing to do with this. Yeah. And even if he did, what does that have to do with Heidi? Right. Still not her fault. It, that would yeah. still be on your, you know, ex-husband. Your man's. Yeah. Your man's. And it seems like Heidi's really nice and has given them no reason to right. it's like think like that her. she's not. So. I will go hard for Heidi. Yes. <laughs> we will defend Heidi to the death. We love her. <laughs> we love her. Um, we also get her mom's like motto here that people don't change. If anything, yeah. you get more set in your ways as you get older. Um, that's just not true. <laughs> no, what a shitty, depressing outlook to have on life. Yeah. Like, there's no way people could ever change. Like, like golly, that would, what, yeah. I would be so depressed all the time if I walked around thinking that about every person I ever met. 
Right. And it's like people are allowed to make mistakes and then learn and grow from those mistakes. Like what? I mean, we see here that her dad doesn't, hasn't really learned or grown at all, but I mean, I'm sure he will at some point. Right. Here's, here's the hoping he will. I'd I'd like to say optimistic that one day he will, you know, again, like does every single person change in life? No, absolutely not. But I think most people, again, as we kind of said earlier in this episode, like everyone is young, everyone is dumb, everyone makes mistakes, like give people a chance and, and a lot of times they'll surprise you and, you know, grow from there, grow from those mistakes. Exactly. Yeah. Then the mom is like talking shit about the dad again he was never helpful with the babies he always said he had to be like sleeping for his sleep issue blah 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 which, which is pretty fucked up it's really, really <laughs> terrible honestly be careful um, who you have kids with yes yeah but that ain't the moral of the story right <laughs> yeah um so it's her graduation. She goes and she does her graduation. So, oh, one more thing she, about that: her mom just like again, so pretentious. Like, and just well, she, which yeah. she says, ironically, that her daughter will sound pretentious, but she just says doesn't seem like a loving, supporting mother. Like that's not like the vibe she gives off, which is, of course should not surprise us because this is a destined mom after all. But she's like looking over her speech and she's like, "Oh, you should rethink that Faulkner quote." Like that's the only thing she says to her about like her graduation. Like I don't know, but yeah. She's graduated now and we have made it to the summer. And she says that I'd been so focused on my last year of high school and beginning college that I hadn't really thought about the time in between. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so now it's, it's summer and she's um, kind of talking about the fact that she doesn't like really have any friends because her school, Kifty Brown was just like so academic focused and like, you were like taking classes at the U and you were doing self-study and this and the other thing. And she'd kind of made some friends at Perkins day, but she hadn't really stayed close with them. And so they kind of, it seems like the summer or even when she was still in school, we're like, come do things with us. And she's like, I didn't have any of those senior memories. I didn't do prom. I didn't, which apparently she almost did because Jason Talbot was supposed to take her. And then in typical Jason fashion was like, actually, I have to go do this other thing because relationships aren't important. It's all me, 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 snooty tooty. Mm-hmm. It's like <laughs> her mom. Jason. Yeah, exactly. Jason would get along very well with her parents, I feel like. Um, so she was just kind of like talking about that and how, yeah, like she's got this whole summer ahead of her and she basically has like no idea what to do with it because – she doesn't have school to focus on, which is what she usually takes her time with. And then here we meet Tara, which is Hollis's girlfriend, which I guess like I love that Hollis is still like floating around Europe doing his thing. And I was and I guess him and Tara, I, he must have met her there, I assume. But now she's back home. <laughs> like she's back yeah. in the States. He's still gone. And Tara, you brave, brave soul, decides to basically go meet his family without him, which... I know. I would never, but like rock no. on to you, girlfriend, that you you did that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's extremely confident, and I admire that. Yes. I, I was just saying the the gift that she gets from her yes. brother. <laughs> yeah a picture of himself yeah and she's like wow it's really narcissistic but of course it dares she's like i love it yeah it's great my brother when he was in the military got a picture frame that was like it said like i like 
a hero, blah, blah, blah. Like all this like really like he's a hero. He's inspiring, blah, blah, blah. And then put a picture of himself in it and sent it to us from Germany. And <laughs> honestly, it was hilarious. But I mean, it's a joke. Right. Whereas Hollis seems really to funny. be very serious about this. Yeah. He seems to just be like, she'll definitely want a framed picture of me. That's <laughs> yeah. kid. What everyone wants. The best of times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, Hollis. Yeah, it looks like Hollis is uh, goes through girlfriends. She says, this confidence was a hallmark of all my brother's girlfriends. At least while they still considered themselves as such. It was only later when the emails and calls stopped when he seemingly vanished off the face of the earth that we saw the other side. The red eyes, the weepy messages on our answering machine, the occasional angry peel out on the road outside our house. I guess he's just been like in Europe and these he must meet these girls. They go on little adventures. They go back. And then, yeah, he probably just like stops because he probably finds another girl. And yeah, he seems... He's got some things to figure out. <laughs> I mean, how can you expect these kids to understand how to have like a healthy, you know, like loving relationship if they're, if these are their parents? Yeah, that's very fair. That is very fair. They don't have a very great example. No. She says that she's checking out her You Me page at one point. Shout out. Yeah, shout out. So this is when she kind of has a moment where she's like, I'm not really living. Like, my brother's, like, in the Taj Mahal. Like, he's having my the age. best of times. He's having the best of time. Just like, we have, you know, friends are out doing things. And she says, travel certainly did provide some kind of opportunity as well as a change of scenery. Maybe I couldn't take off to Greece or India, but I could still go somewhere. And that's when she decides she's going to go visit her dad and her dad's family. Yep. We're going to Colby. Buckle up, bitches. We're going to to Colby. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Get in, bitch. We're going to Colby. (laughs) (laughs) Buckle up. Let's go. Uh, She's going to freeze. I don't know if we've mentioned that she's going to freeze. She's going to freeze. And she's, um, which, oh my God, like, I can't imagine being this motivated. She already, like, got some of the syllabi for her classes for the fall, and she's already gotten some of the books, and she's going to look over them. And I was like, enjoy your summer. You're about to be so ingrained in college and exhausted all the time and whatever. Like, just, yeah, live a little, girlfriend. Live a little. This is the end of you not being exhausted all the time, actually. So (laughs) enjoy it. (laughs) Try it. Just just give it a chance. Yeah? Okay. Thanks. Thanks, girl. <laughs> I do um, love, though, that, like, as far as timing of this goes, it's like, Tara comes over. She decides, like, I'm going to shoot my dad an email, see if I can come. And he's like, hell yeah, come on down. The price is right. Oh, rest in peace, Bob Barker. And, <laughs> and um, anyways, and then... She's like, the next morning, I packed my car with a small duffel bag. Like, I said I said my goodbyes to my mom the night before. And I was like, so the night you decided is also, like, the night you're ready to go. So you're like, okay, bye, mom. Again, like, the emotions and the same. They are not a touchy-feely family. No. She's just like, deuces, mom. Uh, I'll be leaving tomorrow morning. And then she's, like, surprised that her mom is up. And she's her mom's all like, which I, her mom does sound like maybe a little her hair. Because she's like, are you that eager to leave me? And she's like, oh, no, I'm just trying to be the traffic. 
And then, of course, she sees why her mom might be up so uh, early because she sees these um, glasses on the counter and she's like, mm-hmm. And it's like, looks like one of the grad students stayed over uh, the night before. So, yeah. Yep. That same grad student who wanted to co-author an article with her. Yeah. He didn't get to do that, but he did get to. He co-authored something an, else with in her. In another way. But I'm sure. <laughs> exactly we were all mm-hmm. thinking it <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. chapter uh, two here we go look at us chapter two chapter two her dad in heidi's house sounds absolutely adorable yeah and it it's on the beach like are you kidding can i live here mm-hmm yeah, porch dotted with rocking chairs, pot of flowers, and a friendly yellow ceramic pineapple hanging from the door that said welcome. All that was missing was a white picket fence. And it's like, yeah, yeah. Uh, no one is there at all to greet her. <laughs> Which, I mean, no. they have, like, a newborn, so it's understandable. But she was like, um, you know, I started to consider the reality of a full summer of Heidi. Would there be group manicures for me, her, and the baby? Or maybe she'd insist I go tanning with her, sporting matching retro I Love Unicorn tees. And I was like, that sounds great, honestly. Uh, yeah. I don't know why you're throwing so much shade there, Auden. Oh, I do know why. Because your mom has taught you to hate women. And so you hate yeah. women, including yourself. Uh, yeah. But you know what? I think the summer's going to change you. I think you're going to open your eyes and realize that loving women is the way to go. Exactly. Um, yeah, nobody's there to greet her. She just walks in the house. She's like, hello? And eventually she finds Heidi on the couch with the baby. Yeah. And she said, at least I thought it was Heidi. It was hard to say for sure. As she looked nothing like the last time I'd seen her, her hair was pulled up into a messy, oh my gosh, a messy lopsided ponytail with some strands stuck to her face. She had on a ratty pair of sweatpants and an oversized U t-shirt, which had some kind of damp stain on the shoulder. So Destin's probably like, this is what I look and feel like after <laughs> giving birth and having a newborn. Um, so. so here, yeah, Heidi, poor Heidi. She's really going through it, it sounds she like, is. which everyone kind of is when they have a newborn. And as we're going to kind of learn, she is getting absolutely zero help. So yeah, she's... Yeah, she is struggling. Um, so she enters, and I think because Heidi's eyes are closed, she doesn't really realize that it's Auden. And she's like, "If you wake her up, I will kill you." And then so Auden's like, "Oh God!" She like freezes, and uh, then you know, so she's like, "Sorry." And then I think that finally kind of clues Heidi into the fact that she is Auden and not her husband, who she thought was coming back, which of course is Auden's dad. And <coughs> sorry, woo. Uh, so then she said that, you know, like there they were, they're like in the living room. Heidi's got a very like sobbing thisbe. She's trying to, you know, make her feel better. She says, um, her eyes were rimmed with dark circles. There's a pimply red rash on her chin. And, you know, Auden was like, can I help you with anything? And she's like, no, no, I'm fine. And she's like, uh, okay. You know, it seems unlikely, but all right. And so then just then her dad enters and he's like, there she is again. Like, oh, dad. He's like, oh, yay. But clearly. Clearly, he was so excited to see her that he wasn't even there when she showed up. Um, he's right. like, there, there she is. There's my girl, you know. And he's like, oh, did you meet your sister? 
And poor Heidi is like having a whole moment in the living room. It was just like trying to get her to sleep. And she finally got her to sleep. And then what does her dad do but wake up this baby? And it was in that moment that I wanted to punch this man. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, I wanted to be like, are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, yeah. And so, again, Auden doesn't really know how to feel about this baby because she just like doesn't know a lot about babies. And it's her like half sister. And like the whole thing is it's, it's weird. She's walked into a weird situation for sure. Yeah. But, you know, she says like, oh, she's beautiful because like that's what you're supposed to say about babies. And then the dad. Her dad also just feels like he's playing a part here. He's like, yeah, isn't she? Like him just coming in and being like, there she is. Like there's my daughter that I don't actually really care about. And then him being like, have you met your sister? And like, oh, yeah, isn't she great? And you know, like he's just like he's playing a part, I think. And then, mm-hmm. of course, when the baby wakes up and starts to cry, he just like immediately hands her back to Heidi and is like, I think she's hungry. Like, no, no, by all means, dad, don't try and soothe your own child that you helped bring into this world clearly sent her right back to her mother the first sign of distress <sighs> yep yeah Auden and yeah they go outside and Auden's like um is she all right and he's like oh yeah she's just tired like no big deal I'm not much help because of the sleep condition I have which is like a load of shit yeah it's like okay sure Jan uh-huh uh. and, and he- she's Go ahead. Auden, like, kind of tries to be like, I mean, do you think, like, maybe she should have some help? But (laughs) dad's like, well, anyway, I've got to get back to work. So let me show you your room. He says, oh, I'm on a roll with my writing. It's it's going really well. And, like, obviously. Okay. Sure. Maybe. (laughs) Um, But they bring, he brings her to her room, which is right next to the baby's room. This is when we see that the baby's room is like brown and pink. Um, and yeah, he's like, this was originally my office, but I didn't want to keep the baby up with my creative process, which is really like, he just didn't want to hear the baby. Let's be honest. Yep. And he's like, oh, the mornings have been really productive for me lately. I'll catch up with you. And she's like, okay, it's 11.05 in the morning. So morning's almost over, my guy. Yeah. But all right. All right. Sure. Sure, buddy. Yeah. 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 He can not be more interested if he tried. And Auden was kind of saying, like, she was looking forward to this time because she isn't really close with her dad anymore. I mean, I don't know if she, like, honestly ever was. But certainly, you know, the last few years since they've divorced, like, he has gone off and, like, started his new family and whatnot. And so – He's off from the U. I guess he's, like, basically on sabbatical to try to write. And so she's like, I have this whole summer to, like, connect with my dad. And then the second she gets there, he's like, hey, you. And then he's like, all right, got to get back to the grind. See you later. Yeah. <laughs> and that's obviously, I would assume, very disappointing. Yeah. Yeah, so then she, it sounds like she takes a little nappy. And... At 6.30, she wakes up to Thisbe screaming, crying. Um, oof. Poor, I almost said poor Hollis. Poor Heidi. <laughs> poor Hollis. Traipsing around uh, yeah. Europe on his He's really dying. struggling right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, Traipsing around Europe on his parents' dime. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So she says that she can hear Heidi like telling the baby like, 
And she said, there's something so familiar about this. When my parents had first started to fight at night, this had been part of what I'd repeated. Everything will be all right. To myself again and again, as I tried to ignore them and fall asleep. Horrible. Painful. Um, Then she finds her dad. She's in the office. And Auden's like, should I start dinner? And he's like, isn't Heidi doing that? Like this man, <laughs> this man, this man. Ooh. Um, so then he's like, Hey, there's a great burger place down the street. Uh, go get us food. And basically, yeah, I cannot she, trust enough. We often make fun of Jess and dads because they're like pretty useless, but this man is by far the most useless Jess and dad we have encountered. Like, yes, holy crap, he's like so unaware yeah like oh yeah this guy he is just oh yeah and then just sends his teenage daughter off like she thinks she's like he's like there's an excellent burger place and she's like oh my dad he actually wants to spend some time no no he's gonna stay in his office and he's gonna ask you to go get dinner and yeah and that's that's what happens and just just very and then he's like and, and then again, it's Auden who thinks about Heidi and is like, should I ask Heidi if she wants something? And he's like, yeah, I guess that'd be nice. <laughs> oh, my God. This guy. He's the worst. This guy. And yeah, when she goes in to ask Heidi what she wants for dinner, Heidi's like, oh, my God, I'm sorry. I had this big welcome dinner for you. Like, obviously, Heidi's like massively struggling here. Yeah. And she was like, oh, yeah, dad says there's a good place down the street. And Heidi says, your father's here? I thought he went down to the campus. So she doesn't even know that he's home. Yep. She's been struggling with this baby all day. And while he's been sitting on his ass pretending to write in his office, she didn't even know he was there. Like, I am, like, flabbergasted by this behavior. Yeah. I I know that this man is not real, but the amount that he made me fume in the first three chapters of this novel, I was like, oh, I could just, oh. Somewhere in this world, this man is real, though. This man is real. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. A bunch of different versions of him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so then she starts walking down the boardwalk on her way to Last Chance. She walked by... Clementine's, which is Heidi's um, store that she owns, which like 26 years old, owning a store on the beachfront. You go, girl. Look at her. Look at Mm -hmm. her. And Auden's mother has the right to make fun of this woman. Like she's a frivolous little girl. And it's like, she's an effing business owner at 26. She's thriving. Okay. Yeah. She's doing a lot, actually. And I do love that Sarah named it Clementine since obviously that was her daughter's yeah. middle name who had just been born. Cute. We love Sarah. So cute. That. We love that. love that. But yes, then she, yeah, she sees up ahead, there's a last chance cafe. And I was like, mm-hmm, and I squealed when I saw it, even though I knew the second yes. I was like, there's a great burger place. I'm like, she's going to last chance. But still, yeah. just getting to read it again made me really happy. And she's walking down the boardwalk and, um, she happens to pass by this bike shop and there's like this group of guys out there like talking and they're trying to like name the bike shop, I guess, because it, it doesn't have a name yet. And they're kind of just spitballing ideas, which all sound like pretty dumb. And this one guy um, like looks her right in the eye and is all like, wait, where's the exact line here? 
Oh, um, how about he said slowly because they understood spitballing names. So he's like, how about he said slowly his gaze so locked with mine. I just saw the hardest girl in Colby walking by and I was like, Ugh. and then he wants her to thank her for like basically cat calling her. And I was like, my dude, no, Mm-mm. you no, no, she does not need to thank you for that. And she no. says that she, you know, feels her face flush hot and she's just like, like feels really awkward. And she says that she like doesn't know how to like deal with boys because that's just like not something that she did. She said, um, uh, if my experience with friends was sparse, what I knew about boys other than as competitors for gays or class rank was non-existent. Not that I hadn't had crushes. Back at Jackson, there was a guy in her science class. And then at Perkins Day, I'd awkwardly floated with, flirted with Nate Cross, who sat next to me in Cactus. But everyone was in love with Nate. And it's like, yeah, we do know that. Everyone's all like, but Ruby's with him. Oh, cuties, cuties. Yes. I was like, but there's only one girl that he has eyes for. But, you know. Um, yeah. But yes, I was like, yes, spot on. That is, Nate was like the, the yeah. This is before. Yeah. Like this is Ruby before because he's in life. that calculus class that he yep. tells Ruby that Jarvis, Jarvis, him with, yeah. Jarvis helped him with. So I'm yeah. like, ooh. So that would have been, this is probably would have been like when they were juniors or whatever, sophomores or juniors. And obviously now she has graduated. And, and as we know, so has Nate um, headed off to the U with his girl. Mm cute but, um, and thriving so and no longer with his really terrible shitty abusive dad but yeah this seems like it that's probably been like the year before because this would have been before she transferred to Tiffany Brown where she meets Jason because of course Jason also goes to the smarty pants school and they kind of have uh, whatever they like know each other and she kind of thought maybe she'd have a boyfriend because he invited her to prom but then he uh, doesn't and then he talks about I love this and again another kid I was like oh Nate Cross and my boy Wes in the same like little paragraph um Jason was smart good looking and seriously on the rebound after his girlfriend at Jackson dumped him for in his words a juvenile delinquent wielder with a tattoo <laughs> that's my juvenile delinquent welder okay Jason put some respect yeah. behind his name <laughs> he's an artist Jason an artist. okay oh, I was like how dare you I was like that line corrects me up um so yeah she's and this is the most jason thing ever um she says that until he backed out like backed out from his prom invite citing the great opportunity of the ecology conference i knew you'd be okay with this he said to me as i nodded dumbly hearing this news you understand what's really important and it's like this is freaking macy all over again my dude doesn't learn and you know what she's gonna leave you for a juvenile delinquent too i mean Eli's not a juvenile delinquent, but like this is why you don't get the girl, Jason, is because you don't learn from your mistakes. But again, I'd like to point out to Anna's mom that people can change. And we might we might meet up with Jason again one day in the future. You know? Who knows? He it took him a while to get there, is all. I did not know that, and now I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. we will we'll see him again one day. Not for a while, but we will see him again one day. so get excited for that get excited i am so she goes to last chance who waits on her but a dark-haired girl with a lip ring the lip ring also girl dark-haired girl it's coley like it has to be coley right yeah but has the lip ring but did she have dark hair like i know she dyed her hair dark because it was like splotchy Yes, because I guess she just was kept like, it. I got to fix that for you. So I guess yeah. I guess it's still dark. Yeah. So yeah, 
But I'm yeah, also I just mean, like wondering, like, is this the same time period that we're looking right. at? Is it later? But, I was like, mm-hmm. are Isabel and Morgan still there? Are they no longer, you know, like, is Coley back for the summer? Is it that summer? I don't know. Like, there's, and, and not that summer, but you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> the summer and keeping the moon. You can't say certain phrases around here because I like the uh, book title. But yeah, I don't know. I'm confused about that as well. We might get more clarity later. We might. I'm not positive of that, though. Cece, can you tell me? I'm just kidding. <laughs> we'll just wait. We'll just wait and read it. We'll just wait, Cece. You're good. <laughs> we can read it. We can read it. We're, we, unlike William Michelle, we can read. <laughs> and all comes back. We, we circled it all back, guys. Look at us. Look at us. Look at us. Um, yeah, so this, like, douchey guy, after she gets the food, like, invites her to the tip. Which, okay, a couple things here that I just want to mention. The tip crankshaft and mineshaft okay i'm just gonna leave that at that and then you guys can just you can make with that what you will do do that as you will uh she planted the seeds let's see if it grows into a garden (laughs) let's see if we're looking at the same flowers yeah exactly Um, so yeah he's like with this girl a redhead she's like giving at first i told myself i was like ooh. This is definitely Morgan. And then I'm like, no, this is the characters of this book. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, he's just like such a douche. Like, I've met guys like this. I hate them. Mm-hmm. So she gets home. She sets the table, puts all the food on plates. And he, her dad comes downstairs. And um, Auden's like, is Heidi coming down? He's like, I don't know. Baby's having a hard night. Who knows? Like, I get it. who knows? I guess. Auden has been here for less than 24 hours and has put way more time, thought, energy, and concern in Heidi's feelings and well-being than her own husband has and probably ever. And that yeah. is a problem. <laughs> That's a problem. Oh. It's ridiculous. But, yeah, she says this bee was still crying. She brought the food up to Heidi. Um, her husband didn't bring the food up, but, but no. Auden did. And Heidi is just going through it. She's yeah. just, the baby won't stop crying. She's losing her mind. And, you know, she's starting to say, like, she hates me, which is, like, a thing, like, a very common, I feel like, feeling women go through after they give birth is, like, the baby doesn't like me. Right. Um. Because there's just so many emotions after birth. Yeah. I mean, holy fucking your shit. Your hormone levels are all over the place. You're not getting any sleep. And you're, like, responsible. In this case, solely responsible. Unfortunately, many women. And solely responsible for keeping a whole human being alive before. And you've never had to do that before. And, like, that's a lot, man. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> um. She's like, thank you so much for the food. I really appreciate it. Um, and like her dad's just fucking sitting downstairs reading the, like he's reading the paper here, right? Or is that Yeah, paper? reading the paper, eating his onion rings. And Auden has the thought that we're all having. Why wasn't he up here? Great question, Auden. Yes, by all means. I too would like to know. But then when she goes downstairs and Auden says the baby's still crying, he's like, yikes, I guess I better go check in. Yeah, it's like, oh, about fucking time, bro. 
Um, and then he's back already. He's back. He grabbed a beer and he's like, whatever, no big deal. The baby's fine. You, you can't do anything but wait it out. <sighs> oh, we do learn a little bit about Heidi's backstory here as well. Because Auden asks, like, is her mom coming down to help or anything? And he's like, oh, she died a couple of years ago. Um, she has a brother, but he's older, lives in Cincinnati with kids of his own. Um, so we've learned a little through that little backstory about Heidi and, and what she's got going on. And then Auden asks, like, well, what about a nanny or something? And he's like, oh, she doesn't want help. And so then Auden, again, being way smarter than her uh, father, who is a grown-ass man, she's like, maybe I said you should, you know, insist, though. She seems pretty tired. And it's like, yeah, maybe don't take what she says at face value, you know? But he's so easily like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll just go chill in my office. You let me know if you need anything. And it's like, no, sometimes you have to look a new mom in the eye and go, go take a shower, take a nap, and I will take baby for a little bit. Please go sleep. Because, again, new mothers feel terrible for like not being good at it, which like, why would you be good at it? Cause anything you've ever done for the first time, you're not automatically perfect at, but that's not how you're thinking. You're like, I'm their mother and I should, I should take care of them and I should be good at this and whatever. And it's like, you'll be better at it after you like, go get some sleep. Like just go sleep. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> like get your, like eat something salt, like eat yeah. substantial food, like take a nap. Yeah. I she should be able to, there should be like a partnership here, but there yeah. isn't. So, <laughs> and as you can see, we're both very upset about that. Yeah. Because <laughs> you can um, tell we're very annoyed about this. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Heidi and I will work it out, Auden. This isn't something you need to worry about. Mind your own business. And it's like, I would I would if you, if you could take care of your business, but you're not. So, you know, mm-hmm. I had to interject there. She does say, the thing was, I loved my dad. He might have been a little moody and definitely more than a little selfish, but he'd always been good to me and I admired him. Right at that moment, though, I could see why someone might not like him that much. (laughs) Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, I do not like him. Uh, Not Mm -hmm. just that much. I don't like him at all so far. At all. (laughs) At all. Just to be abundantly clear on my feelings of this man. So then he goes back into his freaking office and he's like, I'm going to go back to work. And she's like, okay, well, I'll sit here alone then. <laughs> Don't worry about me. I just came to like spend some quality time with you, old man. But all right, go off, I guess. <laughs> Chapter three. Chapter three. So she goes down to the tip. Yep. And... This is when she runs into a mysterious boy in a blue hoodie and his hair pulled back. He's not really involved in the party. He's just kind of walking around. So could he be a little weirdo? We'll find out soon enough. We'll find find out. out. There's promise. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but she like finds this douchebag guy again from the from the bike shop and. You know, she's trying really hard to, like, live like other kids live and they, like, make out. But she, like, panics and goes back to her house and is just like, why did I do this? Like, I'm so smart and I, why did I, like, let this guy, like, touch my boobs? Like, what? Yeah. Um. 
But even as I tried to focus on the words, the events of the night kept rushing back to me. My dad's sharp tone, Jake's easy smile, our fumbled, hurried connection behind the dunes and how suddenly, how it suddenly all felt so weird and wrong. Not like me at all. Then she says, maybe my mom could play the aloof, selfish bitch, but that was what I, maybe my mom could play. Oh my God. Where am I? Maybe my mom could play the aloof, selfish bitch. But that was what I'd been doing, playing, until the game was up. I was a smart girl. Why had I done something so stupid? Because you're young, and that's what happens. You're young and unexperienced with boys, and you're like, I'm going to go to the tip and like try to be a young person for once in my life. And he took advantage of you, and it's not your fault, Auden. (laughs) Yeah. Also, like, you're dealing with long-term emotional rejection from your mother and now you're seeing rejection from your father and so you're just like spiraling yeah totally understandable poor Auden she basically goes back to her room and just like cries and I feel really bad for her um yeah that was not that's not such a great night it's not a great first night out trying to like be a teenager but again like i said no one is ever good at something the first time they do it so we'll see we'll see how the summer goes i have i have hope for you girl um also i've read this so i know it goes a bit <laughs> and i watched the movie so i know but you know i don't remember all the nitty-gritty details so i'm excited to to read them and find out um but she says that uh that she's crying and then thisby's crying thisby outlasts her though by like a long shot and Auden, of course, as we know, our little insomniac is up anyways, and she's kind of got a lot going on in her mind. So finally, she just goes into the baby's room and is like, give her to me. I said, holding out my arms, you get some rest. And of course, Heidi, like, protests a little bit at first, but she, like, she told her dad to, like, maybe, maybe you just, like, need to insist sometimes. And so she does. She insists. And, um, and she takes her and tells Heidi to go get some sleep. And she says, um... You know, they're kind of having a little, like, fight back and forth where Heidi's, like, feeling like a, a terrible m- mother for leaving her. She's like, go, I said. Well, I didn't mean for my voice to sound so sharp. It worked. Um, so she goes ahead and now is up with her sister. And she's uh, figured out that motion kind of helps her, which, you know, uh, yeah, it's like motion helps a lot of people. Sometimes you need to be, need to be moving kind of to get your vibes um so she's walking her around in her stroller and she just starts like walking her out to the boardwalk and um she sees that um uh, they'd walked all the way to last chance cafe before we finally saw another person and even there he were they were far off in the distance just a speckance of movement um, so she just, you know, kind of keeps walking, keeps walking. And then she says that the movements were fluid, almost hypnotic. Um, she sees that there's this person on, um, uh, like what? I know I keep losing myself in this paragraph. We're really, <laughs> we're really doing great job today, guys. Um, here we go. Okay. So she says that, uh, Clementine's that I realized it was someone on a bike they were, were in a spot where the boardwalk opened up to the beach, and I watched squinting as they went up their front wheel, hopping for a few feet, kind of zigzagging. So she says, like, the movement is kind of hypnotic. I thought of Heidi in the rocking chair and Thisbe asleep in the stroller, the subtle calming power of motion. I don't know why. I just, like, really liked that, like, 
description. It's like, yeah, exactly. Uh, so she says yeah. she was so distracted by that person on the bike that it wasn't until she got up to him that she realized it was the same guy, the blue hoodie, mystery blue hoodie man that she saw earlier. And then she said that, you know, this time it was her that was taking him by surprise. She gets up there. He kind of was like, whoa, realizes that he's not alone on the, the boardwalk. Um, she says he wasn't exactly friendly, no hello, but then I hadn't said anything either. In fact, we both just stood there. And then finally she says, um, oh, she says, um, she's like, the guy was watching her. And for some reason I felt compelled to add, it's been a long night, like in reference to her little sister there. And then he says, aren't they all? And she opens her mouth to say something to agree at least, but he didn't give me the chance. He was already back zigzagging along the boardwalk on his bike. So they've had their like official meet cute now. They're both their yes. little insomniacs. And yes, indeed they do. We have some interesting decent parents already. They're getting me all riled up. I just know they're going to get me even more riled up as we go along. This book is already just chock full of interesting stuff, and I cannot wait to keep reading. Yes, I'm excited. Dustin does Everybody. it again. She does it again. Another one, Sarah. <laughs> Non-stop yeah. bangers. Non-stop. All bobs, no skips, swear to God. Yeah, it's all it's all the goods. So I'm very excited. I'm so excited to continue reading. And I'm very excited to get to discuss the movie. And yeah, like we're three chapters in. And I feel like so far in this book, it's the one where you like have met the least amount of important players. Like we haven't even met the Clementine mm-hmm. girls yet. And I'm like, oh, like that's coming. You get to the girl pack and like, we, like, barely know Eli yet. Like, we don't even know that his name is Eli yet, technically. Um, so, yeah, so I'm excited. It's, it's mostly been, you know, Heidi and the parents and Auden and a little bit of Hollis from afar. So, excited for next week. I think we're going to meet to get to meet our girls. So, come hang out with us and yeah. listen as we meet them. And we'll try not to talk too much before we get into the book, but no promises. <laughs> No promises. It depends on what's going on in the world, okay? It's probably a lot. It's probably a lot. Um, I do have the proud, I'm very proud to be a New Georgian this week as we are the proud owners of the Donald Trump mugshot. So yes, the new state for that one. Um, so yeah, that's what's Congrats. going on. But who knows what's going on next week in the world? Who, who is to know? Uh, who is to this- know? episode comes out yeah on tuesday obviously this one that's when they always drop two days later will be fired football's first game who knows i might be in a really good mood the next time we record because we started one and oh or i might be really sad because we started oh and one so y'all that's look forward to i know michael ann loves it when i talk sports so <laughs> i can't get enough can't get enough she loves sports <laughs> she loves sports big sporty girl <laughs> big sports guy over here big sports guy over here so yeah, we have we got a lot. We got a lot going on. Um so yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But thanks for joining us so far on this ride. And we'll be along for the ride again next week. <laughs> I told y'all there'd be a lot of fun. I'm so sorry in advance. My apologies. Take care of yourselves. Take care of yourselves. We love you Bye. all. Class dismissed. <laughs> <laughs> oh.